Welcome to episode 86 of the World Triathlon Podcast as we continue our look back at some of the names breaking out in 2023 and with ambitions fully set on Paris in the company of Hungary's Marta Propko. Still only 20 years old, this season saw Marta cement her place in the Hungarian mixed relay squad after a tough debut in Leeds 2022, this time helping the team to fifth place at the World Championships in Hamburg, third at the European Games Krakow, and now firmly eyeing an Olympic qualification spot that would guarantee two men and two women on the Paris start lines. The under-23 Aquathlon world champion after winning in Ibiza, Marta scored a first World Cup top 10 in Weihai in August and is now hunting a first WTCS start in 2024, all fitting around an economics degree in which she is in her third year at Budapest University. Hope you enjoy this episode and the rising star's enthusiasm for life as she talks to famous family members, a love of hip-hop and plans for the next squad intro for Team Hungry. Thanks for listening. Hello. You good? You in um, Budapest at the moment? Yeah, yeah. I'm in uh, Budapest because I have school. And yeah. even even though I raised uh, a lot of time in the semester, like I was in in Asia for three, four weeks, uh, I have to be back in Budapest sometimes to like to get uh, the work done in the school. And now uh, in the next uh, few weeks, my exam uh, season is coming. My last race in Miyazaki, I, I flew uh, next morning early uh, because on Monday I already had an exam for the school. So I was like, I really had to be back in time and then I was learning on, on the, the plane. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's good for me because uh, my phone, it's an airplane mode, so it doesn't distract me. So I have uh, pure um, learning time. <laughs> and how's it going? Like, is this your final year and what are you studying? Um, actually, it's my third year, so I will finish yeah in, in one year uh, right. with my bachelor, but then I, I want to do my master's, mm-hmm. and I'm studying economy. Um, oh. I, I quite like it. Honestly, at first, I was a little scared because I, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with myself, like besides sport, because I always wanted to, to have like a plan B. Mm-hmm. Um and I didn't know what to pick, but um I was like I speak many languages, I, I I'm creative and um I, I, I like math, so I was like, okay, economies could be the fit for me. So I, I picked it and I and it didn't disappoint, so I'm quite happy I, I went with the economy as my major, yeah. How many languages do you speak then? Uh, I speak um Hungarian, obviously. I speak German and English, and now I'm studying uh, Spanish. Wow. <laughs> Sean, and how is so? You're you're in Budapest now. You're at Budapest University. You grew up in Budapest. Loving life there. Is it getting snowy there yet? End of November. It must be getting cold. Yeah, it's actually so cold. I I, I can't go outside for bike training because I would just freeze even in the morning when I go running. Uh, it's just so cold <laughs> uh, uh, now, um, and sadly it doesn't snow. So it's like it's very cold, but there is no snow at all, which which uh, I'm sad about because I really like snow and winter sports. But uh, you you just can't do it in Budapest. I don't know why. And even in Hungary, there's just not so much uh, snow. But besides that, I think Budapest is like quite a great uh, city. Uh, I like the sights, of course. But uh, for cycling, it's not really um, optimal because uh, there are just many cars. And I feel like uh, most drivers are not uh, as patient 
as in other countries. Mm. So I usually, my mom drives us out of the city one hour with the car and then we start cycling like next to Budapest and then we do the training and then she comes after us every minute with the car and then we finish the training, which is uh, put the bikes back in the car and then we go back one hour to Budapest. So the cycling trainings are a little bit uh, difficult in Budapest, but uh, I think uh, here are the best options for school, for example, and for swimming. It's um, the Hungarian swimming is quite famous and uh, um, we have very good uh, opportunities here. Yeah. What is it about Hungarian swimming then? What's the what's the secret sauce that you speak of? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've been actually a, a swimmer for a very, very long time. Yeah. Uh, I started with swimming and uh, I came to triathlon after swimming. And honestly, we started very early uh, with six. And with 10, we already have uh, many morning trainings, like each uh, morning uh, on weekdays. And yeah, honestly, I don't know the the the, the secret. It's yeah. just a lot of training. And As a six, seven, eight-year-old kid getting up early and doing that, did it did it feel like a bit of a hardship or was it just part of the routine and you didn't really think about it too much? I don't know. We, we, I just, I just really liked uh, swimming. Yeah. And I was, I was, yeah, maybe, maybe one thing we, we focus on a lot in Hungary and it's uh, technique trainings. Uh, we do a lot of training uh, um, about the technique and we focus on it. So it can be the most efficient. And we are not fighting the water. We are doing a lot of stretching in order to to uh, be in full control of the body. So maybe what I could like tell about Hungarian swimming is that we do like a lot of amount of te- technique training, especially at young age. And it also seems like the lineage of sports. This is obviously based on a pool of two, as far as I know so far, but. Um, the you know the the layman triathlon dynasty is famous, but your dad was obviously a triathlon legend. Your kit, your brothers and sisters are all fully immersed in the sport now. So when you say your mum would drive you out of town, like she would literally drive all. Is there four of you brothers and sisters? Yeah, exactly. And um, all your bikes, and so she must have a yeah, big machine. Yeah. And I guess if you're doing all the family at once, then that must, makes life a little yeah. bit easier. But yeah. So actually, um, it sounds like it runs in the family, but um, we didn't, like our parents didn't want us to be triathletes because my mom was a, a professional triathlete as well, but she was doing short course, actually. She she used to do European champs and world champs. Right. So it, it could seem that, that it runs in the family, but um, actually we didn't know our parents were triathletes. And we, we just didn't know our dad used to do like a lot of Ironmans and that he was quite good at it. So um, actually, we started swimming, like I said, and then we went to like a few races, but not professional, you know, like um, it felt like it was like a hobby that he did. Exactly, exactly. We just fell in love with the sport. And then our swimming team took us to an Aquatlon race. And from Aquatlon triathlon, it's like quite close. But but uh, our parents never told us that they were triathletes. um, (laughs) And we, we, we never knew. The way we found out is that when we went to races, um, more and more people came to us. Oh, my God, is he your dad? Oh, my God. And we were like, I don't know what you're talking about. 
So uh, this is how we found out, actually. Like, we, we really didn't know that uh, who our parents were. That's crazy. So, yeah. so the first couple of times you heard, oh, you're a crop coat, you'd be like, mm, whatever. And then the more you... I mean, yeah, I am a crop coat, like, but I didn't know what special we did. <laughs> so at some point over like the family dinner, did you just sit them down and say, look, mum, dad, what's going on? You need to You need to come clean about exactly what, you know, your, your triathlon pedigree here. Yeah, yeah. But, but like I said, I was just so surprised when the people came to us because we like our dad has a book and we never read it. And uh, he has like many um, trophies, but all of them were like at the forest end of the garage. And we, we just never saw them and we never, I don't know, we just, wow, we just never knew. So because yeah. um, he was like, he was recognized in Hungarian parliament, wasn't he, for his achievements? Uh, or maybe, you look on your face, you might not even know. <laughs> no, I, I, I really don't know. <laughs> but uh, one thing I know is that uh, he has a statue in uh, Japan. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what was the name of the, was it like the Strongman Japan or something? Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, I don't know the city. It was like more of uh, an island, but uh, yeah, he has won the the race there uh, quite many times. So uh... <laughs> actually, wow! But oh, that... the race was the race was in uh, Miyakojima. Okay, <laughs> you're gonna have to go there at some point. Or could you? Was it anywhere yeah. near Miyazaki or no? That wasn't. I I was in Miyazaki this year and uh, last year as well. And I was so lucky that uh, before Miyazaki, I trained one week in uh, Kofu with the, the Japanese uh, team, national team. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I love Japan so much. It's, it's uh, I like Switzerland a lot and Japan. These oh, yeah. are my favorite countries. And Japan is just so magical. Uh, honestly, I love the people there. And I wish, um, I wish um, more people could learn to think like they do. Yeah. Uh, I really like the respect they have for each other. I think it would be and, an amazing place to live for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. So I was I was really happy that I could also uh, go to Japan mm. and um, see how they are. Because my dad, like after I, I started triathlon, uh, of course, they told me a lot about Japan. And it was so funny because when I went to Japan, uh, the coaches recognized uh, my name and they asked me if I know uh, him. And I was like, yeah, he's my dad. And they were like, oh, my God, really? So actually in Japan, I think a lot of people uh, know him still. Ah, well, there's going to be a statue of you next to him soon, and that would be good. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. I will, I will try. <laughs> so, it, so it went for you. It went very much like swimming, aquathlon, triathlon, and, and yeah. with like new discovery, you were like, hang on a minute. No, this is even better. And then the same again. Yes, exactly. And we just, you know, we just fell in love with the sport, me and my brother Marton, because we quite like did the whole road together. Um, we just really fell in love with it, and then we stayed here. We go together with triathlon. <laughs> and your other brother is Abel, right? And yeah, exactly. And your sister, J- Jasmine. How do you say it? Jasmine. Jasmine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So, and she was in. Tizzy was she doing a junior European Cup in Tizzy? No, she she didn't do, but um, because she's two thousand nine, so she's not even under the age group of food. But um, but I I have a um a secret hope that she can start next year 
on the Junior European Cups, which are the Super Sprint. But in Tiso Ibaros, she started on the Hungarian Gala Race. Okay, well, I we spoke to... So this is like a little series that we're doing on like the breakthrough names from this year and so on. I spoke to Katia Shire yesterday. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, so I left the like the Q&A a little bit too late with her and we ended up doing it at the end. So I think I'd like to do that now, if that's all right. And then we can okay. get into some quick fires. And uh, you nailed that junior aquathlon world. No, the under-23 world champs, right, in Ibiza. Yeah. Um, first World Cups, mixed relay, smashed it. So what for 2024? Um, so it will be only my second uh, elite year. Uh, but I really want to do my first WTCS start, yeah. Um, which uh would still count into the Olympic qualification, so like in the first season half. And also, I mean, it's not a secret. I really want to quali- uh, qualify for Paris, even if I have a, a smaller chance. But um, I want to take this chance, and I want to to try my best to do it. So, I think these are the the. Um, the two biggest season targets for next year yeah they're, they're big ones the for the yeah. start but i mean that you must have been super close already right have you been on on wait lists hoping to roll in or how's that worked out so far i was i was actually on start list already for wtcs individual right. but uh i kind of freaked out i was like oh no this is just not my level and and uh i i freaked out i i i was like no maybe i should not and then i sticked to world cup racing mm-hmm. and um also the world cups which i could enroll in uh i had to train there so um like it, it didn't really pass uh to my schedule um so i was kind of sad but uh i really hope next year <laughs> Which was that WTCS then? What one were you going to be? Um, Tagliari. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, on that note then, your first, I think, was it before you'd even done a World Cup, you were thrown in the deep end at Leeds Mixed Relay in 2022, right? Yes. Uh, so, yeah. How did that come about? And if if a Cagliari WTCS more than a year later or about a year later was was freaking you out a little bit how were you feeling when you got the call up for the Leeds mixed relay um so firstly Cagliari freaked me out because it was individual but of course in relay I I get also like a lot more nervous actually because you know you are racing for your team and not only for yourself so if you fuck up the race you don't um put yourself in a bad position but a whole team Mm. Um, but yeah, I was just so freaked out before Leeds, uh, and I was excited for the opportunity. And it was funny because one week before Leeds, I started on my first ever elite race in uh, Zresov European Cup. And, um, that was my first taste of elite uh, triathlon racing. So, uh, and a week later I was there standing, uh, on the line with the biggest names who I usually ask for autographs. Um, I was just, um. I was just um, really nervous, but uh, I'm kind of happy because I found about out about this uh, opportunity kind of late, um, and so I didn't have the time to be a lot nervous. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, was it that someone else had had to pull out with an injury or something, and then you were drafted in? 
Oh. oh no, that's that's a uh, Hamburg under twenty three relay this year. <laughs> right. Ah, so, but it was but it was still quite last minute. The Leeds one was. Yes. Still last yes. Minute. Yes. Exactly. So I, I didn't really had the uh, time to think about all the stuff. That, oh my god, I am going to race against all the big names, you know, who I watch on the TV and then the, the people who I get like I want to have autographs from. So I was like, oh my god, I'm just going to stand next. To the majority of people on that start line and lining up would have been quite nervous but but they're familiar with each other and the setup right so they they can at least sort of they've probably stood next to someone that they've raced a hundred times whereas you you get that you're you're nervous but you've also yeah it's everything is new right yeah yeah it was just new honestly yeah (laughs) everything and you went out second after was it Mark or Chonga that got Chongor. He put Chongor. the relay in a really good position. And then you oh. smashed the swim. Yeah. Came out in in the lead. Um, <laughs> and then like, was the bike was the pace and the course and everything? Yeah. Like, was it just did it just get a little? Yeah, hectic? honestly, that's that's uh, what um, the the huge experience what I took from Leeds uh, that. I think in junior racing, because last year I was a junior, so I didn't really know what what uh, the level of elite racing is like. And I feel like my swim was uh, totally okay. Like you said, I came out uh, at the front, but then there's just such a huge difference between uh, cycling in juniors and elites. And obviously the pace was uh, just too uh, fast for me. And also in leads, it was just such a... Uh, technical and um and uh hard course with a lot of hills and on top of that there was huge wind from the side and i was just uh, sophie coldwell was smashing it on the bike and i was just dying and i got dropped after uh, the first lap or so and then i had to bike alone one lap but uh actually i'm quite happy because uh because i took that opportunity i knew that i had to be stronger and this year, I already had like many WTCS relays, and I never got dropped. In fact, I was able to to lead, uh, or yeah, I never got dropped yet. <laughs> Let's say so. <laughs> but but it, I, I was also able to, you know, to to help the group, and I'm just really happy that I could see the improvement here from yeah. last year to this year. Yeah. Well, and you know, yeah. Like you said, a crosswind, a difficult course, and a big pack that was all together, right? In Leeds. Yeah, it was a um, huge pack. So if you didn't, if the pace was on as well, and you were like, well, I'm, if you don't feel comfortable being in the middle of that in your first race, like only your second elite race ever as a junior, then yeah, better probably get the heck out and then be like, right, I know what I need to do next time. And, and then the proof of that being, yeah, Hamburg this year and taking the anchor leg and bringing home fifth for Hungary. Uh, I mean, that was just amazing, right? You must have been, as a team and as a, just everything around it must have felt incredible. Yes, exactly. So in Hamburg, uh, I think everyone was surprised by our results. Not only the Hungarian team, but I feel like the whole world, because I think nobody expected Hungary to be, I don't know, in top eight or so. Um, and um, I, I got enrolled one day before in the under-23 relay. This is what you were talking about a little earlier. And I didn't know about that. 
because someone got injured on the junior race and then I got enrolled like three hours before the start. Ooh. And so I had to do two relays in just two days. Um, and I'm just really happy I could deliver still in the elite race. Um, I, I'm. It was one of my favorite races actually because Hamburg, it, it's such a magical city. We are racing in the heart of the city and the crowds are amazing, of course. I, I really like the course as well. So uh, yeah, Hamburg stays uh, in my heart as a special place. Yeah, yeah. And then to be able to follow up in Paris, like, yeah, you've, I guess you've, you've made that place on the team your own very quickly. And now, yeah, like you said, there's some, some huge races coming up at the start of next year to try and, A, get that ranking up, but but also oh, just get the team ranking. So the, the, the team lies in 13th at the moment as in the mixed relay Olympic rankings, right? But if you just take the second period of results, then you're fifth and ahead of some team. I mean, you know, you've, you've got... I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's three qualifying, three scoring races that you guys have done. But, you know, so you're ahead of GB in Switzerland and so on on the second period they've only got two counting races but nevertheless um it's starting to look super exciting and a, t- a, a, a race like Huatulco therefore like the the mixed relay qualification event is that must be something that is quite a high priority for for the team is it and is being discussed as a as a target uh yeah obviously uh, Huatulco is a uh, target next year but um, also the two other mixed relay races in uh, New Zealand and Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. Um, we we want to uh, focus on all three, not only Huatulco. Yeah, yeah, sure. So you, as it stands, how does like getting on the Abu Dhabi start list look? Or is it too early to? Um. Yeah, I don't know. I just really hope I I can get on the the start list. Mm. Uh, I mean, in the individual. Mm, yeah. Um, and then um, I would I would prioritize uh Olympic uh distance uh, races, because um because uh I, I like it a lot more. So I would focus more like on Yokohama maybe and Cagliari. Yeah. Back to Japan. Perfect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have heard a lot of uh, good uh, news about uh, uh, Yokohama WTCS. It was tricky, I suppose. I mean, so your Miyazaki race at the end of this season um, was one of three or four World Cups where you were very solidly in the hunt, finished, you know, in and around the top 10. uh, And that sort of consistency must have been super satisfying. How... For someone whose swim is kind of their their secret weapon or certainly was, you know, I'm not suggesting yeah. that you're a, just a swimmer now by any stretch. But but then when you have someone like Bianca Seregni as well, kind of flying off the front and still, you know, regularly 30 seconds ahead of the next fastest. Uh, yeah. How do you kind of how do you square that off? Um uh, or is it just quite good to have that as a as a target of how good you need to get or want to try and get? After all, you're only twenty; you've got plenty of hours in the pool left. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, actually, Bianca Seregni, she's honestly an amazing swimmer, and I I have no idea how she does that. 
um because i've been training my whole life swimming and she's just so fast like i don't know a dolphin or a shark um but i was actually really happy that finally in miyazaki i could show that uh, i'm able to come uh, out in front of the water i mean not in front of her but in front of the the whole race mm. and i i was able to come out in uh on her legs because uh, this year i didn't really have like a lot of time to do swimming um i mean last year because mm. uh, i i finished in uh, abu dhabi in and i started training again in december and then i started uh, racing already in uh, montreal in february so i didn't have the usual uh swim amount i i did before and i feel like i i um i i needed more and you could see on my swimming that i was uh, struggling a small bit on a few races that I wasn't uh, always out in the, I don't know, first three of the water. So um, I will change that this year. And now I have a lot more time to work on my swimming so it can be even more consistent. But I still think that um, my one of my secret weapon, weapons uh, is that I'm being consistent. Yeah, for sure. So if, if Bianca is the sort of the model of the of swimming um, aspiration, what... Who else are the the people that you're kind of seeing out there on a on a bike or run or even swim that you're like right that that is the sort of level that I want to be hitting? Who are the ones that you kind of admire? Okay, for cycling, I have uh, three people. One of them is Nicola Spiri because uh, she obviously she was just amazing on the bike, switching everyone. And um, the other one is uh, Katia Shar because oh my god, her her bike handling skills are perfect and she's just so strong um and then there is a third person and it's taylor Nib. Yeah. I, I just really like uh the way she she smashes everyone on the bike and then for example then in montreal she broke away from the group and yeah it motivates me a lot and i like that all of these uh all of them all of these women were able to run uh good after their uh, performances on the bike so yeah. uh, they are huge motivation and role models of mine. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Kat is obviously she this she twenty three at the moment, isn't she? So yeah, they're both. Yeah, yeah, she's two thousand one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like when you're, I, for you, you've raced a lot. You've you've you know, like you said, there's there's obviously some big milestones still to tick off, but. You know, your if history is anything to go by, your peak results and performance and so on is still like seven, eight, maybe even ten years away from now, isn't it? Like that's the kind of it's it's a long game that you got to play and keep not get overexcited too early, right? And get too kind of wrapped up in in the here and now. Not that it's tricky, huh? Yes, exactly. And uh, I feel like this is uh, where triathlon and swimming are really different. Because in swimming, usually the people are on their peak at 18, 20. And then when they get a little older, they are, they are already done with the, the sport. And I feel like in triathlon, it's totally the opposite. So you just have to have so much experience and so much training in you in order to be, uh, to be able to perform good. So it's just so different. <laughs> So yeah, on that note, then what um what was one thing that you brought into this season, uh, just gone, um, that you 
felt really clicked and you were really happy with and and conversely is there something that you definitely won't be trying again okay so something which i want to uh, really try again or it depends but i really don't like uh wetsuits which have the arms so i swim almost on all races i swim uh, with wetsuits that have no sleeves mm-hmm. and so i would say uh, i will like when when the the water temperature allows, then I always swim without the arms. Of course, uh, last year, for example, in Chile, the water was like twelve degrees. I can I can swim without arms there, but uh, if if I can, I always swim uh, with sleeveless wetsuits. Mm-hmm. And uh, something I will do next year again is um, that I started to. Okay, so. I, my feet get um, a lot of blisters and blood after each races. I've tried actually many shoes and all of them just, I just got so many blisters. And now I started to to, to tape my feet in order to have uh, less uh, blisters. Ah. Actually, first and first race I, in Krakow, uh, it was like a 10 kilometer run. So I was like, oh my God. In, in 10 kilometer, I, I get double as much blisters and double as much uh, blood. So I put the socks on because <laughs> I, I just didn't think about the fact that I could put tapes on it. So I just put normal socks on <laughs> in, the, in the transition. <laughs> but yeah, if you especially if you've got like races quickly after each other, then if your feet haven't got time to recover and as soon as you start, then you're in pain. That's not a good place yeah. to be. Exactly. Because for these blisters, you need like, I don't know, two or three weeks maybe. And you don't have two or three weeks between all of the races. So sometimes you already start with these um, these blisters on your feet. So yeah. yeah, this is what I'm taking with me for, for uh, 2024. Gotcha. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, what else can you try? Did you like, do you Vaseline the inside of a, a running shoe? Is that a thing or is that a terrible idea? Uh, actually, I, I, I like I do everything I can so I get less blisters. I put Vaseline inside and the baby powder as well mm-hmm. because um, now it, it started working. So it's like a lot better that I put the tape on it and the Vaseline and the, <laughs> the baby powder. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's just a lot of stuff inside my shoe. Full production. Yeah. So someone, like a, a piece of advice that, has really stood out for you over the years uh, and that you would perhaps share with someone that mm-hmm. you didn't want to beat in a race? <laughs> okay, so actually, um, I had one swimming coach. Uh, his name was uh, Shane Tusap. He was the coach of uh, Katinka Hosu. She was a uh, three-times Olympic champion. And he said, my mom said, because she was also my coach, my triathlon coach, and now this year I have a new triathlon coach and they all said that without a free mind, you cannot race as good as uh, when... No, with a free mind, you can race the best. Yeah. So if you have um, stabbed out or, I don't know, anything on your mind, you just can't focus enough to perform mm-hmm. uh, the best way possible. So this is what I would... Uh, this, is, this, is what, uh, this is the best advice I, I ever got. Yeah. But what's the best way to get rid of that self-doubt, I guess, as well, right? Um... Oh, it's, it's so hard. <laughs> and um, I, I still haven't um, perfected this uh, thing 
because I have a lot of self-doubts and actually uh and in the beginning of this season I I was feeling uh, really stressed for each races. I was always on the edge of crying and everything. And uh, now uh, with uh, Nico Montavon, we worried a lot on my mindset. And now I, I just, I, I just always feel very happy to to get on the starting lines. And um, I'm grateful. And um, this is what helps me to get rid of the self doubts. Mm-hmm. And I feel like yes. Uh, no, I feel like everyone else is a, is a human. So uh, I'm a human as well. And I, I, I can um, um, live up to my expectations, if so. So your, is your, your dad is no longer your coach? Uh, so actually my mom and my dad uh, were my coaches. And they still like to um, stand next to me and help me a lot. So, uh, yeah. But on, on race day for example uh say Miyazaki and so on at the end of last the end of this year who do you have with you who is the person is it is it your coach or do you not do you not really tend to travel with that many actually I I travel alone yeah uh so it's kind of hard because um obviously I don't have anyone uh standing uh next to me but um Miyazaki, it was an exception because my coach, he had a lot of athletes uh, starting in Miyazaki and he came out to this race. Uh, so finally, I had someone to talk to before the race. But usually what I do is uh, I call uh, my mom uh, one hour before the race and she helps me to calm down a little bit. She gives me hope and um, and uh, yeah, she just Nice. gives me positive energy before the start which which i'm really happy about because it helps me a lot my mother comes me down so easily <laughs> obviously i have trained with her for 10 plus years and she's my mother she she sees me every day and she knows what to say and and i think we are making a, a good uh, team together yeah. <laughs> but yeah she knows me well and all my siblings because we train together and um with all with my mom and yeah it's just a good team together <laughs> So part of your, so you say, yeah, you, you get kind of nervous before races and so on. You're, you're quite known for the big headphones on before races as well. What, what are you listening to in there? Oh, I, I um, yeah, I listen to music almost all the time. And especially before the race, it, it helps me a lot. And I don't really listen to music, which uh, calms me down. Uh, it's actually the opposite because I listen to rap and hip hop all the time. Right. <laughs> yeah 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 so katia uh really obviously hates their intro the swiss team's intro music for the mixed relay so we're she's she's going to talk to the team and come up with some options what about what about you what's your um, uh... actually we also have a kind of a classical music and i know why we have the classical music because um and it makes a lot of sense but um, and it's in, and it's a beautiful song. So I would not say I don't like it, but I feel like it doesn't like um, fit to before a race or like to a walk out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really know what kind of music we could pick. We, we should talk about this with, with the whole Hungarian team. Yeah. Um, but uh, I I could pick one song maybe. Uh, his name is uh, Kalai Sanders Andras. He was on the Eurovision and uh, he has one song named uh, Running. 
uh which which is kind of like like um it's it's related to sport and yeah. it is such a good drop so i would think it would be a good fit maybe yeah nice. but uh, yeah it's, it's a good question <laughs> it's important that it's a you're not going out each time to a song that makes you just go oh god not this again <laughs> Um, maybe for the European Championships, it should be tied into that year's Eurovision, and every team has to go out to that year's Eurovision entry. That's that's a, that's a good idea. Yes. <laughs> thing. Although again, like that's going to really upset some people. <laughs> um. All right. Well, that's another one to work on then. Okay. okay well, actually, us... I, really, I really like the idea that every country has their own songs from from the from the country. I I really like this. It, it's yeah. it's nice. I just feel like our song doesn't really fit or uh to the atmosphere before a race because it's like a classical music. So yeah. Mm. Yeah. So tell us one thing that people may not know about you. Oh, um, so actually I'm a huge NBA and a, a Formula One fan. I, I watch I watch most of the matches and races um when there are not my own races <laughs> uh, i like to read the uh, books about um the sports yeah and i really like to go camping and hiking i, I just love uh, the nature and i just i just love camping so much so maybe this stuff oh and also there is one more thing which is i think kind of unique i used to do a hungarian fox dance uh quite professionally next to next to swimming for nine years wow <laughs> cool what does that involve some kind of you know traditional dress and yeah yeah exactly it, it's a traditional hungarian dancing and it's uh actually it's quite famous and unique actually i think in, in paris we, we tried to do a little hungarian fox dance before uh, coming out uh so that was our bulk out yes, that was the winner that was yeah 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 i was gonna say that was um that was a champ it's uh yeah you guys and the danish really got the 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 intro moment sewn yeah. up yeah i feel like it, it's so funny that all of the teams like most of the teams think of something unique before the bulk out it, make, it makes uh it, it's so much more funnier and it makes the team you know um Gets, gets, it gets into it's get it gets us into the mood. So yeah. So when do, when do you guys tend to come up with those? I was I was intrigued as to like there's some that it looks like just while they've been lining up they've gone oh cool let's do this and there's some that are definitely a bit more choreographed that I guess yeah. have just been pulled together. Yeah. So usually we do like when we are going to the race on the bike or in the car we we talk about it or maybe before race day. We just come up with some ideas. But in Paris, uh, Chongor Lehman came up with the idea of doing uh, the dance, uh, I think, one night before the race. And then in the morning of the race, when we, like, before we went to the transition, um, we, we practiced it a few times so we can be in synchronous and stuff. So <laughs> it was really nice. You know, these are, these are the memories I take with me. So, yeah. Yeah. So I wonder, Paris 2024, the mixed relay, will teams pull together some intro moves or is it too serious because it's the Olympics and none of them are going to want to do it? 
well I would want to do something special <laughs> especially because it's the Olympics so for me I think, it, I think it would work more the opposite because it's like Olympics it happens only once in four years so I would I would pull some special I don't know not dance but something you know yeah um, but maybe some people would be, you know, it's uh, really serious and we have to focus. So, yeah, I think it, I think it, it, um, if the team is all in together, then yeah, there could be some special, some special things. And then actually, you know, you get all the, uh, spectators in the stand to do the sort of pop idol type voting and whoever gets the least points gets a 10 second penalty and then everyone has to do a good one. Could yeah, you... I would like that. <laughs> Maybe bring that up at the next uh, athletes committee meeting or something. Yeah, fine. Um, all right. Well, I'm conscious that we are coming up to an hour, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been brilliant catching up and chatting and hearing all about the life and times of of Marta Kropko. Um, how? Yeah. So, is the next month literally is going to be a lot of studying? squeezing in training around it as much as you can and and that's how it's going to go yeah uh, so like i said i have a, uh exams coming up uh soon but um luckily i i can uh really fit the normal training amount i'm used to um because sometimes i i study on the tram or trains or the buses so i can like be the most efficient and but it's going to be um a big month training and uh, studying wise yeah and then so either side of christmas you're going to have exams and then what is it like once february kicks in you're or the end of january you're going to be able to kind of concentrate on the the matter in hand and napier world yeah, cup yeah. and on i mean if i mean if they they uh pick me because yeah. um it, it's not sure yet of course you never know who qualifies but uh if, if they pick me then yes i i will love to do love to focus on, on these uh, races first and it, it's already in front of my eyes so this is what i wake up every morning at five with that um i have to train for these races and i have to be ready to fight <laughs> yeah well the best of luck can't wait for uh what is going to be a huge year next year and um yeah, really appreciate taking the time and it's been a great chat. Thanks. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was such a huge honor and it was so nice talking to you. Brilliant. Thanks, Martha. Thank you so much.